0: Welcome back to another episode of The Scores Table. I'm William Robbins, joined as always for a NBA off-season edition of The Scores Table with Julian McKee.
1: You're, you know what the deal is, your man is back. Will is back fresh off a a beach trip to Coney Island, (laughs) you know, wearing a V-neck and polo shoes without socks.
0: Uh, I I think you are. I think you are misreading that picture. That was a (laughs) that was a normal crew neck with sunglasses on the collar
1: oh okay oh the sunglasses <laughs> pulled the made of yeah. v- okay okay that's, no, that's much more excusable okay. i wasn't about to no no matching v-neck and polo shoes i was about no. to-
0: <laughs> also, those were not polo shoes they were they were just normal sneakers but <laughs> primed for a judge judy appearance um <laughs> no it's funny it's funny i i looked at the picture and i was like does this look like i'm wearing a v-neck and i was like eh, pre- it's pretty obvious <laughs> sunglasses but apparently not <laughs> uh, shit, I don't know. I'm, I'm more anyway. judgment fashion-wise, you know, fashion police. Oh, um,
1: anyway, you know, it's been another action-packed week in the NBA um and you
0: know let's let's get down to business let's do it yeah so the main thing that happened obviously is the russell westbrook for chris paul trade russell westbrook is now a member of the houston rockets chris paul is now a member of the thunder the full trade was chris paul for russell westbrook and okc also got a 2024 first round pick protected one through four a 2026 first round pick protected one through four a 2025 pick swap one through 20 protected and a 2021 swap protected one through four. And OKC can choose whether they want the Clippers pick or the Heat pick.
1: Huh. OK, well, I'm going to ask you first. What are your grades for both teams in this trade? All right. So. Each team, that is.
0: This is a really complicated trade to grade. Yes. Um, Because there are so many variables of this. I give, um, I want to give Houston credit because number one, Dan to- or uh, sorry, not Daryl um, Morey was obviously not happy with the way the team performed. He listened to his star player James Harden advocate uh, was advocating for them to bring in Russell Westbrook, which is huge when you have the the approval and the and the willingness of your best player to accept this Uh um plus it was good they got rid of the chris paul problem before it really became more of a problem because obviously it it seemed at the end of the year like the uh the situation was a was a little bit much Uh and obviously it was that being said i don't like the trade for houston If their plan is to pair Russell Westbrook and James Harden for years to come. Which it is. Which it kind of seems like it is.
1: Because Westbrook has
0: four years on his deal, right? Uh, After this year, yeah, he's got four. Well, okay, let's play the Nicholas Batum game here. Russell Westbrook (laughs) has a player (laughs) option in 22-23 for $48 million. The Nicholas Batum game. (laughs) (laughs) You knew exactly what I meant
1: by that. Yep. yep. So, That's yeah. so it's not a basketball nerd reference only we would get, honestly. Shit.
0: So yeah, he's picking up that option. Yep. Um, I would bet, I would bet my house that I do not own yet that he will be picking up that option. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I I like this trade for for Houston in the way that their best player condones it. Chris Paul is nowhere near the player that Russell Westbrook is. And it gives Russell Westbrook is a much better trade asset than Chris Paul. If it doesn't work out, they can get more for Westbrook than they could have gotten for Paul.
1: I agree with that, and for that reason, I'm giving Houston a solid B to B plus for this trade okay. because A, like you said, you're turning a disgruntled player who no longer fits with Harden, and I think the championship window on a Harden and Chris Paul-led team has simply closed at this point. They had, their, they had yep. their chance. Paul got hurt in Game 5 the uh, year before last. Um, and, you know, unfortunately that happened. But I think that was, their, that was their chance. And also, obviously, KD got hurt last year. Anyway, it was just time for them to move on. And I love the fact that Houston's just swinging for the fences here. Yep. I understand it's a risk. As far as the fit between them, uh, b- between the two players together, they have the most, they've, they each have the highest, uh,
0: they are number one and number two in usage rate. Like, and, these but not, guys but, but not, not, not usage rate for like one season. They have the two highest usage rates of all time in NBA which is, history. <laughs> which is insane. Like, I have no idea how Eric Gordon is getting
1: 10 shots a game. He's also, not. For, for, He's for, getting like six shots a game. It's, it's insane.
0: A, another stat. Over the last five years, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are number one and two in the league in turnovers.
1: Which is also hellish, especially in the Dantoni type offense. However, yeah. with these uh with these risks on the table, this thing. Sometimes in life you gotta take risks. Russell, Russell Westbrook is a better player than Chris Paul is right now. He just is. He's younger, his contract is less hideous. He's just, yeah. he's just a better player. You know, you got to take risks in life, you know? People say, yeah. you know, isn't it, isn't it the thing, you know, if you get in your car, you drive, like, there's a higher chance you get in a car accident than a plane accident? Driving every yeah. day is a risk, you know? Living is a risk, you know? You, might get, you know, some bad shit might happen. You got to take risks. Also, I like the fact that Daryl Morey, kind of with this trade, uh, is saying, you know, if if this trade doesn't work out, I'm getting fired anyway, so fuck it. Well, I just, I just like that because I think it's a, think well, it's a yeah, good I mean,
0: that was, that's what I was about to say. Is it possible that I want to give, I want to give three different grades for this trade. I want to grade Houston, OKC, and Daryl Morey because <laughs> Daryl Morey for this trade. I give, I give Daryl Morey an A. A, a hundred percent. I In give him a. an A plus. I, I give him an A because now I don't think Daryl Morey's job is on the line. You don't? No, no, not at all. I, I, think, I think that he is, I mean, he's obviously a top five general manager in the league.
1: Uh-huh. Um, and I'm going top 10. I'm going top 10. I'm sorry. I think Mori's is fantastic, but I have to hold th- the fact that he hasn't won a championship yet against him. I'm, I'm sorry, I just do. I just have to put it on as, as a negative... Okay. A, a negative tack on his resume. Or I hasn't put, made an NBA Finals. He hasn't made an NBA Finals. I'm sorry. I put,
0: I put four guys definitively above him, and I have him at number five. I have I have Ainge, Buford, Ujiri, and Myers all above him, and he's number five.
1: Putting uh, Presti is tough. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. I'd, are we talking I'd about him just GMs, at- or are we talking people like
0: Jerry West or Pat Riley? Because those are team presidents, right? Well, yeah, but but Pat Riley does all their basketball operations. We're talking about the person who's in charge of their basketball operations. So whoever's making the actual personnel decisions.
1: I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act like I
0: haven't absolutely
1: loved this Miami Heat off season so far. But um, <laughs> it's 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 anyway. Regardless, Maury is a whether whether we he, he's a borderline top but, five. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So so the point is the point is Daryl Morey. If, if this trade doesn't work out, I just see him leaving Houston. Like Fuck his. It, yeah. He I think he has two more years on his Houston contract. Let's just say in two years he's like, "You know what? I've had enough of this." There will probably be 25 teams in the league that'll be like, "Hey, we'll fire our GM right this second for you to come work for us." Uh-huh. Like and now and that was that was the thing with Billy Donovan, like after all these trades, it's like if Billy Donovan's agent c- calls, how many college teams aren't firing their coach to hire him? No, that's a fact, you know. Like, five? Like, like, he'll have any job he wants. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same thing with Mori. So this trade is the ultimate, you know what, just fuck it. Like, let's just go for it. And I have no issue with him making this trade. I don't love this trade for the Rockets, though. Because mm-hmm. I don't see how, how, number one, Westbrook fits into D'Antoni's offense. Number two, how he fits in with James Harden. And number three how they felt comfortable trading so many picks. Number three is my problem. That's why I gave it only like a B, B plus grade. I mean, these, these are not, these are not picks that are going to be in like the high twenties. These are like 2026. That means that James Harden will probably be gone by then. Like, uh, like, like the first pick that, that comes into effect is 2021. So let's ignore that one. Cause that also involves the heat. Yes. And the Clippers. Um so their first pick is 2024 it's protected 1 through 4. That's 5 years from now, which means that Russell Westbrook definitely won't be on the team. James uh-huh. Harden will be 34. So so he'll be he'll be at the end of his prime. Like those those are valuable picks. Yeah, and I think with the the with the rate of play, NBA player movement that we
1: we see obviously I would be shocked if James Harden spends his and the rest of his career on the Rockets. I would be
0: really oh, shocked. Really? I'm sorry. Really? I, I see it happening.
1: I, it's, there's definitely a, a, a the channel very to end, it happening.
0: Maybe.
1: There's definitely a channel to it happening, but I don't, I, I don't know if I see, honestly, uh, an L.A. guy spending the entire rest of his career oh. at Houston. I'm sorry. Just throwing I'll, that out well, there. I'll anyway, tell
0: you, I'll tell you, getting paid one of the highest salaries in the league without income tax is pretty tough to pass up.
1: Yeah, that's that is nice. That's that's quite nice. That's quite nice. No,
0: <laughs> no, yeah. So, t- so let's talk about the basketball fit with these two guys. As we as we mentioned, number one and number two in uh in usage rate in NBA history. I like this trade in terms of a talent upgrade. Yes, it's a definitive talent upgrade. Undisputable, but seeing in who the coach is and D'Antoni has never been a coach who's shown the ability to kind of change.
1: D'Antoni
0: yes. is what he is. This is his offense. He invented it. And you know what? If you invent an offense that good, you kind of have the right to stick with it. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> extremely but, valid. What? I said extremely valid. But still, I just I don't see how this fits. And... I think that in the same way, especially defensively during the regular season, this is going to be a huge issue. In in the same way, how how James Harden is is pretty uh, pretty shit on for his defense. Westbrook is right there. Westbrook takes as many plays off on defense as anyone.
1: Mm-hmm. And even and though he, was, yeah, when Westbrook you know puts his mind to it. You know, he can be a, a fantastic defender, but putting can his mind to it. Can
0: he, though? Because Lillard I, I, I still
1: think the so. playoffs. I still think so. Westbrook does struggle with some of those type just crazy dynamic uh, scores. Westbrook, but Westbrook honestly, Westbrook here's plays plays the thing. Defense, Lillard, yeah. like, Lillard just, like, made shots sometimes. Like, Lillard just Westbrook, made shots. Westbrook, I can't really blame Westbrook for that.
0: like he plays offense.
1: He that takes, is true. Now, he now, that's takes a, a fact. lot
0: of risks. And, and if you catch him on the right night, you'll be like, wow, is this the best dude in the league? And if you catch him on the wrong night, it's like, why is this dude even playing? Oh, that's completely true. Oh, dead, I, dead ass. I'm, I'm completely he, with he that. He takes a lot of risks. And that was the thing with Chris Paul. And even though Chris Paul is a very ball-dominant player, and let's, let's ignore everything that, that went on between him and Harden, and let's focus on his skill set versus Westbrook's skill set, that's better next to Harden. Chris Paul could shoot. Chris Paul could defend. Chris Paul could play pretty unselfishly when he wanted. Mm -hmm. And Westbrook hasn't shown the track record at all of being able to play off the ball, being able to shoot, being able to set screens, being able to not hold the ball.
1: And I I completely agree with that. I think that if 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 these two prove to be a dynamic duo, that can contend for a Western Conference title, they will not be able. They will not be the same players that they are now. These guys will have to modify their game in some respect. And because they are uh, clearly good friends and want to play with each other, yep. I think there's a chance that may happen. However, these dudes are obviously. I would. I would assume. I'm not that I know. Not like I know them or anything. Obviously, but I, I assume they're. They have got some pride, you know. And. It, it, Kind of with a maybe an, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality as far as they've obviously gotten a ton of success in their NBA careers playing the way that they do. Yeah. However, one thing that is broke is you haven't won shit yet, James yeah. Harden. You haven't done shit in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook has cratered for the past two years in the playoffs. So you know what? It's time for them to, if they want to succeed,
0: they can't be the same players they always were. Does this trade make Houston a top two team in the West? No. A top three team in the West? Uh,
1: top five undisputedly.
0: Well, I yeah, think that. top five. However,
1: the thing is that, you know, uh, I can't... It's hard for me to say if Houston's top two or top three in the West because we don't yet know how much Kawhi and George are going to play load management-wise. We don't know. the The Clippers might just be happy in quiet bunch and George is going to be out for the first part of this year. Oh,
0: oh no. I I don't mean I don't, mean, I, don't I don't mean getting st- the 4 seed like I don't it. mean standing. I just mean if you had to rank which teams are the best in the West. Oh, okay. I'm saying I have them I have them at number 5. Um, let me think. I have them at number 5. I I have I have the Clippers as the best, then the Lakers, then Denver, then Utah, then Houston.
1: I agree. No, I completely agree. I put, uh, I put Houston over Portland right now.
0: Yeah, so do I, and I feel terrible about it, and I am, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm kicking myself already. I don't feel terrible about it. I'm sorry.
1: I just like this Houston team more than Portland. I, I like, like the addition Portland, of Baysmore. I don't think Portland got better this,
0: this offseason. Baysmore.
1: Yeah, ice. Basemore like, over Evan
0: Turner is a huge upgrade. And I think and I think that uh, that the potential of Hassan Whiteside is a huge Hassan Whiteside totally locked in at the best he can do is a huge upgrade over Ennis Cantor.
1: Okay. You know how much I love Cantor.
0: Uh she took Kyrie's that. number.
1: I would agree with that. However, I... <laughs> Kyrie is like the, uh, the. Here's the funny thing about your relationship with Kyrie, you're like the vengeful ex who isn't completely ruining Who's like, <laughs> you don't want me to get hurt be- because <laughs> participating with this girl, but you kind of want me to have the se- to understand your pain, 100%. It, just dumped the fuck out of by this girl. That's what oh, Kyrie
0: is. You're the vengeful ex, and I don't. Ca- I can't blame you. I can't I blame stand, you. I stand by this though. Um. I just as much broke up with him as he did with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, he, he, he can't, he, the problem is he go, okay, so if this was a relationship. Mm-hmm. He ghosted me, but he didn't realize because he never showed up to, uh, to come break up in person. I had already moved all the stuff out of my house. Oh, I feel like that's a good comparison. It's a good analogy. Yeah, and he also keyed your car and pissed on your clothes. <laughs> Well, yeah. He also, <laughs> he also lit my house on fire, which is kind <laughs> of an issue. Is that? I mean, you
1: know, um, shout out
0: to But Black. anyways, I can't, I can't, I can't <laughs> sit on Kyrie every podcast. We'll try to make it every other one. Um, Terry Rozier, though, during the season is a different story. 5%. But I, let, let's, talk, let's talk about this for OKC. All right. I give the, I give the trade a tentative B. Hmm with the potential to go higher or lower, depending on what they do with Chris Paul. That's very fair. That's very fair. I'd probably give it more of a a B-plus myself. Oh, no. If they can trade Chris Paul for assets, i give this trade an A. Yes, I agree with that.
1: My Um, thing, though, is I think that, because I I trust Sam Presti, I don't think that they were getting a better deal than this for Westbrook. Neither do I. I. I don't think that they were getting a better deal. Miami, I think, made the smart move and decided to... They'll, they'll have cap space next year and the year after. Miami was smart in saving their young assets and Winslow, Harrow, and Bam um, and not kind of going all-in on Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler, which we're, we're talking... We're criticizing the fit between
0: uh, Harden and Westbrook when Jimmy Butler and Russell Westbrook is... Oh, that would have been, I mean, that would have been bad, yeah. too. But again, like, in the East... How many duos would have been better than, than Westbrook and, and uh, Butler? I mean, not many,
1: but I don't think that team is... I, I, they, may, they, get, they get the fifth seed. I mean, nice. With the team that the, the Heat already have right now, they're, they're a lock for us, the seventh seed at this point. They're a lock. Yeah, Maybe get fair. the sixth. If somebody is boring any injuries to you know, top contenders, I think they're easy seventh, potential for sixth. That's anyway, fair. that's why I give. That's why I don't give this. Uh, I, I give a bit of a higher grade for OKC on this trade, just because if they could get something better, they would have done it. This was, I guess, the uh, another bad contract and some picks was going. Well, that good was best. the
0: thing. That was the thing. We don't know if they could have done better, and this is why I want to give OKC a little bit better of a grade. Yep. they did right by their player. They sent him to his first choice place. Uh mm-hmm. huh. And I think that's awesome and in an era where there is absolutely no team loyalty in terms of the front office to the player and the player to the front office, it, I think that Westbrook and OKC is about as loyal to each other as they could. Yes. They rode the relationship as long as they could, and when both sides recognized it wasn't happening, they worked with each other to find the best possible solution. Mm-hmm. I completely and I have to agree. give... I'm actually am actually gonna bump my grade up for OKC just a tiny bit just because <laughs> I respect their loyalty. I'm giving it a B plus.
1: Yeah, I no, I completely agree. OKC is a first class organization that they've uh, they've proven. And you know they, they probably could have shipped him off to like Chicago for for something. Yeah, that's what I was. Uh, that's what I said on our last show. I I, I think that you know Chicago they could have thrown in Kobe, Kobe White and Wendell Carter and something else. That's like a, it's like a fucking fun package right there yeah but you know like you yeah like you said you know uh westbrook uh rode through okc when durant left and it seemed you know they were really down on the dumps westbrook stuck it out and you know to, to okc's credit you know they got him his triple double year um mm-hmm. this is M- they they essentially got him an mvp they gave and, him three you know, years
0: of triple doubles
1: yeah you know good for good for them both sides it worked out
0: yeah, um, so we'll see we'll see. I don't love the I don't love the fit on Houston. I'll see. I'll see if one of the two can ch- I'm not ruling out that they can change their games. There's just been no track record of it. Mm-hmm. Um and for OKC, it all depends on what happens with Chris Paul. I yeah. think if they keep him, then I question the trade a little more. Uh if they can ship him out for something, then yeah, I th- I I think that if they could somehow can get Pat Riley drunk enough and trade him to Miami for <laughs> some kind of package and get back like could you imagine if they got back like, bam, from Miami, like there's then no you have- way in hell? No, there's no way. There's no way.
1: How is this will? Well? Um, if you're OK, if you're Sam Presti, Chris Paul is, uh, is obviously available. Who are your first three calls? Which teams are your first three calls?
0: That depends. Am I trying to do right by Chris Paul? Fuck you owe Chris Paul? Okay. So my (laughs) my first
1: three calls... OKC doesn't owe Chris Paul shit. I'm sorry. My
0: first three calls are, number one, Phoenix by default. Phoenix is always (laughs) your number one call. (laughs) Without fail, Phoenix is your number one call no matter what you are trying to trade. Mm -hmm. Chris Paul for DeAndre Ayton? I mean, it'll give Devin Booker a playmaker next to him that he's never had. But didn't we just sign Rubio? Shh, 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 shh. <laughs> no. My number two call is the Knicks because they've loved, they love ha- they they have had a history of aging stars on big contracts that they like. Mm-hmm. The, um, with the
1: Knicks, though, I want to correct you there. Just, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just admit, but the Knicks because they. Uh, the Knicks can't really trade for anybody until like December or something. Yeah, that's true. all that these true. Stupid contracts in the offseason, so that's kind of impossible.
0: No, anyway, but honestly, my my honest my honest first few calls would be Orlando. Um, let's see, Orlando. Uh, I wonder if there's something with uh with John Wall that could be done with Washington. If I'm Washington. Just thinking out loud, like, could you potentially trade um, Chris Paul for John Wall and not, you definitely couldn't get Hachimura, but if I'm the Wizards, Thomas Bryant, I don't know. (laughs) If I'm the Wizards, my asking price for
1: Bradley Beal is John Wall. Well, yeah, let's take them both. You want, you want Beal?
0: Okay, you have to take John Wall. You have to take Could, you, could you do... Simple as that. I'll oh, even throw you do, a first-rounder for you. How's that? Could you do Chris Paul, Stephen Adams, and a few first-rounders for Bradley Beal and John Wall? And then, and then your team next year is Shea, Bradley Beal, uh, Danilo Gallinari, Who else? I don't know who else, but you you get what I'm saying. Nerland's Noel, yeah, I it's actually at least think intriguing. That, I would, I, I agree. I just think Wiz, the
1: Wizards actually have to throw it more to get rid of Wall's contract. As yeah, good as Beal sure. is, I don't even know if Beal's enough to get rid of Wall's contract. I don't think he is. He needs, they need to put on like a first rounder at least. It's
0: crazy. It's, in, it's, it's, crazy. In, it's incredible. Anyway, um, I'm glad that we were on the right side of history when they signed that trade, and we both were like, "What are they doing? Like, what? Like, wait."
1: Yeah, it's, it, it, was, it was stupid when it came out, and now it is officially the worst contract in, uh, ba- in, in maybe professional sports history.
0: The Nets are still paying Bobby Benilla. I mean, the Mets. The Mets, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> At least it's only $1 million a year. I mean, shit. Uh, uh, I think, honestly. Br- Bryce, Bryce Harper to the Phillies. Ted Leonsis would happily pay John Wall $1 million until John Wall's. Future son is ninety three <laughs> years old. That is fair, and I don't think that would actually cover it. His con- <laughs> the, re- the remaining balance of his contract, unfortunately. So that's, anyway,
0: that's oh, <laughs> all right, anyway, so. <laughs> So, so bo- bo- bottom line, bottom line, it, it's a it's a fun trade. I'm excited to see what happens with Houston. I'm not ruling out that it can work. I'm just not too optimistic. And for OKC, they picked up a few nice assets, and they can flip Chris Paul for something. Or honestly, maybe even just have him men- mentor Shea. But we'll
1: see.
0: See, um, I, I would just like, like you, um, similar to you,
1: I would uh, I would have Orlando as my first call. Just give me Biombo Give me another crappy contract, and you can have Chris Paul oh, and Mo Bamba. I'm not gonna sing my Mo Bamba song, but no, like, no great <laughs> if you can get an a- if you can get an asset like Bamba, great. But if I'm trying to get out of Chris Paul's contract, I'd rather just
0: I don't really give a shit what I get back. You can have him. Yeah, I'm and sorry. if I'm Even if I'm not a manager, I don't really care. If I'm the Magic, I'm not trading for Chris Paul, but I'm at least having a a 20 minute staff meeting about it.
1: I agree. I'm kicking the tires. The Magic spent like uh, let me let me try to do some in, like math in my head real quick. The Magic may have spent 170 million dollars this season on the eighth seed. This offseason on the eighth. Yeah, season. I don't
0: I don't love the Ma- I don't love so, the uh, the Magic signing. I think your the, the knee magic deep. Signing, is I think so fuck it. I think we said, I think I said a few podcasts ago and we were talking about all their signings. I was like, I like a lot of these signings individually. Like, like the Aminu signing is my favorite signing of the summer if it wasn't to the magic. Let me actually, on
1: the heels of this, let me go on a mini rant about the Timberwolves offseason. season. Go. It's the exact same thing as the Magic. I like their signings individually. They got some really nice, young, cheap role players. They got Noah Vonley, Trivion Graham, Shabazz Napier, Jordan Bell, Tyrone Wallace, who I actually still like, which I think was actually, it was an L by contenders by not picking up on any of these guys. Like, Vonley's good. Vonley can play in a playoff series, yeah. I think. He was anyway. He was,
0: he was one of the lone bright spots for New York last year. Seriously.
1: But, like, this is, no pun intended, but this is, like, the... Timberwolves mistaking the forest for the trees. Like I like their offseason if they can make these signings into like real like to real assets to flip in a trade for like D'Angelo Russell, but like now they just spent the rest of their cap space on players that will give them like what? 3 or 4 wins next year?
0: As as a Celtics fan, I love the signings they had in their offseason. It just gets us one, one one step closer to trading for Towns. <laughs> Which by the, way, by the way, by the way I, I haven't seen a whole lot of that yet, but com- how, how long before we start hearing Towns to the Celtics rumors? Like, it's going to no, happen, right?
1: The Timberwolves don't have a shot at the playoffs this year. I'm sorry. No. Maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. No, they don't. Just, let me no just, they don't. Let me just the, name this. The team's better than the Timberwolves next year. Clippers, Lakers, Denver, Portland, Warriors, Houston, Utah, Spurs, Dallas, Kings, Pelicans, possibly OKC. And I just named every single Western Conference team that isn't Memphis or Phoenix. Yeah. this saying. Anyway, on to the next topic. <laughs> also, oh, yeah, do yeah. like, 30 shooting guards right now? Like Okogie, Culver, Wiggins, Wallace,
0: Graham. Like, everybody I plays like, the same position. It's I like Okogie still. You, you know <laughs> I liked him last year. He's uh, a hyper-athletic, phenomenal defender, can't shoot, but so good on defense. Anyway. I like him, and then they drafted
1: Jarrett Culver, who yeah and is a fun defender, and you know he's,
0: is, yeah. he's a you know, four-year college player. He's got potential, but so I want to get to our next first step. anyway. I want to get to our next topic because this is something that I think is really serious. Yes, and this is the Marcus Morris Rich Paul situation. Um, so Marcus Morris, uh, for those of you who don't know, used to be a Clutch Sports client. Um, he was represented by, by Rich Paul, LeBron's childhood best friend and fixer and agent. Rich Paul is LeBron James' personal Michael Cohen, if you would. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. Okay. Am I wrong? No, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying you are. This is hilarious. Okay. Um, I just came up with that on the spot. I'm kind of proud of that one. Uh, Although now I actually feel bad for Rich Paul because um, <laughs> Rich Paul's not that bad of a guy anyway anyway so Rich Paul re- represented Marcus Morris and basically this is how Marcus Morris offseason broke down uh, he was an unrest- he was an unrestricted free agent uh, came out of Boston had a had a great year last year 13 points a game was shooting 50 40 90 for a while in the season. Mm-hmm. Um. So he really did have a good year, and in a especially year... if you didn't watch him on a semi nightly yeah. basis, yeah, yeah. Especially if you didn't watch, especially if you weren't me who watched every single possession <laughs> he had in the year, um, which was a lot of Marcus Morris. Mm. But... ISO fadeaway contested jump shots. But I will say this: in a year of hell for the Celtics, Marcus Morris was one of their steadiest players. Yes, which is saying a lot. Yes. But but, yeah, Marcus Morris had a good year, and he had a few contract offers, one of which was the Clippers. Three-year, $40 million deal was the rumored deal that the Clippers offered him. This would have preserved the Clippers with enough space to still sign Kawhi and another superstar or trade for Paul George, but we didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Rich Paul said to Marcus Morris, don't take that contract offer. I can get you a better one. Which then turned into San Antonio, giving him a two-year $20 million, which then turned into Morris firing Rich Paul, going with a new agent because he didn't actually want to go to San Antonio and felt pressured by Rich Paul to accept that deal, mm-hmm. and then signing a one-year $15 million with the Knicks. But I think the point of the Clippers is really important, how this guy who's a super agent seemingly wasn't doing what's best for his client, but was doing what was best for his main client. Yes. And how if Marcus Morris had gone to the Pelicans, sorry, not the Pelicans, the Clippers, um, that would have made the Clippers even better and a more desirable destination for two other players. Mhm. And I think that's a problem. I completely agree. However, I do want to
1: say this in the back of my mind. Do you think there was a what was the timeline of when Morris got that deal? Had Danny Green been offered a deal yet by the Lakers?
0: Danny that, Green I was think not- it's an
1: important variable. So I Green, wonder if, if, if Rich Paul thought that he could get Morris in that cap space, that same type of deal that Danny Green
0: got. Well, that was the problem. Is Morris was very clear on Twitter for a while during the offseason. Like, he was asked, are you going to the Lakers? And his exact response was, fuck no. <laughs> um, wow. And, and, and this is Marcus Morris we're talking about. So uh, probably around Nick's media day, we'll have the full story of what actually happened with him and Rich Paul. Like, he will not, he will not care. He'll share everything. Huh. Um, but from the outside looking in this, the, the offer was right before the Clippers traded for Mo Harkless. Mm. So if they hadn't traded for Mo Harkless or sorry, if they hadn't, um, if they had gotten Morris, they wouldn't have traded for Mo Harkless, but yeah, that would have made it because obviously Morris is a better player than Harkless. Mm Mm-hmm. And that would have made the Clippers a more desirable destination. This is this is back when the Clippers, Lakers, and Raptors were all competing for Kawhi. And I think that Rich Paul acted not on behalf of his client, but on behalf of his friend LeBron.
1: I actually completely agree. I think it's a massive problem. You got to recommend Rich Paul yeah. for this. If you're Adam Silver, I I I don't. You, this this has something has to be done with this. I heard Adam Silver was talking uh, like a week or two ago about. And I actually, uh, I, I wasn't happy about the news when I, uh, when I first read it, but was it, correct me if I'm wrong about this, Will, because I really might be, because this was a while ago, yeah. um, as far as trying to get it so that stars didn't kind of, like, force their way out of situations.
0: Um, it was something along those lines, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he was saying, he was saying that he's concerned about player happiness and... Um... And that obviously, no, it doesn't work in anyone's interest when uh, when stars want when stars publicly request trades. And he was saying how he how he wishes that like he wishes that there could be a better way for everyone to be happy. He really didn't say much.
1: Yeah. Uh However, like even though I, I understand that's a problem as far as stars being happy in markets, this is a bigger problem. This is if you're the NBA, the this is, is this needs know. to be your first priority. I think this I is know. dangerous.
0: I don't know what he can really do. I don't, um, know either, but fuck, like, you gotta. I just, I just know, think, I just think if you're a client, situation. I just think if you're a client of Rich Paul, you kind of have to look at the situation that just happened with Morris and be like, and even, and even Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and be like, is this a guy that's going to prioritize me or prioritize his bottom line? No, I agree. I agree. And and for all we know, for all we know, we maybe we're overreacting to this and and Rich Paul genuinely thought he could get Marcus Morris a better offer somewhere and he said, "3 year for 40 million, which is about 13 a year. I can get you 15 a year." Yeah. So maybe maybe that genuinely was the case and everyone's just overreacting to it. Mhm. But I just I feel like because it was the Clippers and because of the timing of right before the Harkless trade, it's just a little fishy. No, I agree. I I definitely
1: think so. However, you know, Morris, honestly, probably took a win with this trade, especially if he has nice stats this year with a a team that like the Knicks that really needs any type of scoring. He'll be one of the premier guys next year when there's nobody. And and there's going to be a
0: lot of cap space next summer, too.
1: Yeah, like a lot of the the bad another a lot of the bad deals from um, the summer of was it 2016? 2016. Yeah, a lot of those deals like Myers Leonard and 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 Biambo I think and and guys like that are expiring, so there there will be some money to be uh, to be thrown around. But also, I just want to say real quick, uh, who wins the fight that's going to happen between Marcus Morris and Bobby Portis?
0: Marcus Morris. You think so? How it's many not rounds? even close.
1: <laughs> is this a Portis first round
0: can... knockout. <laughs> it is. It is a. Um, it is a Muhammad Ali. Ask win. <laughs> is,
1: is, is he gonna? Is he gonna hit him with the rope a dope? Is it like Sonny Liston and Ali?
0: Like P- Portis is gonna come out swinging. Morris he is will... gonna duck a <laughs> few and then hit him with like the hook. Morris Morris will literally just be dancing around him, just laughing as as, <laughs> as, as, as Portis can't hit him, and then we'll just. Get them once, and we'll be running around yelling, "I am the greatest!" All uh, right, let's let's get wait. let's let's get to our last topic here. <laughs> this is our uh, this is this is our 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 little uh preview of next year. Um, in a little bit, we are going to be talking about the summer league. Yes, sir. Uh, We both watched a lot of summer league this year. I watched an embarrassingly large amount of Summer League this year. That,
1: that is true. That is that, that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I love Summer League. I really love Summer League. Um, I think it's so fun to watch all these young players uh, just kind of go at it. And where else am I going to see Carson Edwards taking 20 shots a game? Like, it's it, it's an extravaganza like no other. Um, there was an earthquake during one of the games. Like, you never know what's going to happen in Vegas. Yeah. So so we each have three players um, that we're going to talk about. Uh, mostly mostly guys that impressed us, although you have one that's a little bit iffy. Yeah. Uh, but I have three guys that really impressed me during Summer League. And for a disclaimer, for old takes exposed and all this stuff, we're not talking about oh this guy's going to now be an NBA star. We're just talking about huh, this guy really impressed me during the summer. You know, this, this is this is this is not this is not we're not projecting. We're just talking about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we can start projecting in the later podcast where we're talking about what we expect from each team. But mm-hmm. my number, my 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 number, my number one guy that impressed me more than anyone else. And, and here's my, here's my first homer pick, Carson Edwards. Mm. I knew you would like Carson Edwards. As soon as he got drafted, I knew you, I knew you would. Split up summer league. He was, he almost shot 50, 50, 90, Mm -hmm. 20 points a game, four rebounds. I didn't realize he was that good of a defender. Mm -hmm. Um, This dude is just, he hits some tough shots, and that, and that also worries me, because um, if he's not hitting those tough shots, who knows what he is? But he was cool. He was fun to watch. He was carrying the offensive load. He's basically what Terry Rozier thought he was on offense.
1: <laughs> nah, the, Edwards, I think, is a real he's a real NBA player. You can tell off the rip. Yeah. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Isaiah Thomas, actually.: Yeah, there's a lot of the same similarities in his game. Edwards has that kind of a ceiling, I think. He could be Isaiah Thomas, or he could be just—he he might just wash out. He could be, like, yeah. Demetrius Jackson. Yeah, I mean, I, I see but I, him— But I'm, I'm, I'm very much leaning towards the higher ceiling for him. Yeah,
0: he—what impressed me—and um, when we drafted him, I'm going to call it as it is. I did not—I had never seen him play. I didn't watch any Purdue during the year. I didn't even watch him during March Madness. I just happened to miss all their games. Um, Oh, he was I,
1: nasty in March Madness. He was, yeah. he was beating buzzer and shit. Yeah, he's,
0: I did I didn't man. see him. I didn't see him. I'm gonna call it as it is. And then I watched a few of his of his clips and and my initial reaction was, wow, this dude can get buckets, but can he score against bigger guys? And mm-hmm. he started to answer that question a little bit. He could pretty much get his shot whenever he wanted. I didn't realize the the extent of his limitless range that he had. Uh, Mm Um, this dude has in the gym range, uh, I worry about his finishing around the rim. He really had trouble finishing around the rim during summer league, but again, that jump shot's going to carry him. There's minutes available in the backup role for the Celtics, uh, Mm -hmm. especially because Marcus Smart isn't your typical backup point guard. Um, but yeah, I think Carson Edwards is definitely a guy that the Celtics can throw in, like, like, let's say, let's say we were up eight and then we allow a, uh, and then we go in like a seven minute scoring drought. He's, he's a good guy that Brad can like look down the bench and be like, all right, Carson, go see if you can get hot real quick. Mm-hmm. And those guys have a place in the league. Um, so I was impressed by him. That's so that, that. Yeah, that's, that's my number one pick. Who's your number one pick? Uh, my number one
1: pick Here's the thing I was talking about this with will, uh, over text outside of the podcast. I have a type i right, with players. I have a type I like these street ball moves uh pretty uh, pretty game not I'm not gonna say pretty shot for this guy pretty game you know, hot and cold um streaky crazy athletic I just like it. two guards i just i- i get sucked into these guys i know Pause. and it's just doesn't it just it's not it's a, it's, it's a problem. I have an issue. Uh, examples of this are Malik Monk, who I yep. still have a ton of stock in. My Lonnie Walker not. Jr. obsession. My man, Lance Stevenson. Swaggy P. Lonnie, uh, Lonnie Walker was fantastic during the uh, summer league. Yeah, he, he was up, up and down, but, you know, he's, he's, taking str- he's making strides. He's making strides. Anyway, my man, Hamadou Diallo, straight from mm. Corona, Queens, New York. Here's the thing. Hamadou Diallo can't shoot for shit right now.
0: Nope.
1: Now his jump shot is ugly. He's got like a like a stanky leg on the jump shot. It's just like waggling. It's like apart from the rest <laughs> of his body. I don't know what the jump shot is. Here's the thing. I'm gonna do plays hard, crazy athletic, has hops, can get some steals, and the dude's got a first step. He's got a first step on him. Diao can get by guys, and I think on this because he missed a lot. He he actually showed flashes in the NBA last year. He just missed a. He just got hurt. He got really yeah. hurt and had to miss a ton of time. Anyway, well, I think with a, full, yeah, with a full season of seasoning, uh, I think Amadou can be a real player in this league. Just got to get his shot better, but he's got potential. The Thunder will have space for minutes. And mm-hmm. there's room for uh, Diallo and also Deontay Burton, who's like in like really good shape now. He's like, yeah. good. I like Deontay Burton, but now he's like
0: not fat. Yeah, we'll see. They can potentially be some good players. Anyway, back to you, Will. Um, okay, so my next guy uh, is someone that was a little bit of a reach from where he was drafted. But uh, but yeah, he has looked fantastic during the summer league, and that is Rui Hachimura. Mm. He was drafted pretty high. He was number nine. I thought he was going to go in the 20s. Um, but he looked really good during the, during the, uh, the post or during the, uh, summer league. Yep. He's got an NBA ready body. He uh-huh. can, he's, he's, he's crafty. He can get to the rim. He, he, he hit a few, uh, he hit a few nice shots uh-huh. and, and overall, I just, I was really impressed by him. Uh, his, his jump shot isn't great uh-huh. as we, as we knew going in. But he's certainly a guy who has got a lot of potential, and I laughed at Chauncey Billups' comparison when he said it on draft night, when oh, he we'll said Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> but I can see the resemblance of an early career Kawhi Leonard. Like,
1: really early career.
0: Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Summer he, league Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he, he plays in a very similar style. Uh-huh. Uh, mid-range, rebounds, block shots... So I like him. I like him. I was impressed. I think that he's got some potential for Washington. Um, he's a really he's, he's, he's a much better at, uh, ch- at chase down blocks than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that between him and Isaiah Thomas and Bradley Beal, the Wizards won't be good, but they could be fun. I completely
1: agree. And Hachimura was someone I was really high on going into the draft. I'm still high on. They just, he just got picked too high. For his own good, honestly, he was someone going more in the mid teens.
0: Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I like, like I like that in Washington, he's not like it's not like uh, all lights are going to be on him kind of place. Yeah, no, I I agree with that.
1: Um, I will say though, um, uh, no, I really like his instincts. I like his decision making, and Hachimura gives a shit. He's a hard worker. Like mm-hmm. I really, I I really
0: trust that he's got Japan on his whole back. Yeah, know, no, I like I like that. I like that he. I mean, in Summer League, he had a number of like really good chase down blocks. And if he's playing that hard to get blocks in Summer League, that's a good sign. That's his game.
1: That's his game. I will say uh, for my number two guy on Summer League, um, I got to say, head honcho, taco fall. Oof, my man, here's the thing. I I remember going into, uh, I I forget, I think it was, we were watching the Duke versus uh, Florida State or whatever, FI, wh- what college did he play for? Florida Atlantic or something?
0: UCU or something? I think? U-
1: UCF, UCF. That UCF, was yes. UCF. I, we were watching that game, and I was really impressed by Taco. And you said to me that I don't think you thought that he was an NBA player. Something well, along the lines well, of Well, I'm that, still not right? convinced.
0: I'm still okay, not convinced. I'm not but...
1: convinced, convinced, but Taco deserves a chance. And yes. I like his chances. He's obviously fucking massive. And he's been on highlight reels. And also, though, you know, the question with Taco still is, obviously, can he get up and down the court on a regular basis? Yeah. Um, however, he's a hard worker. He's a good rebounder. He's, he's got good – he's got nice offensive footwork. He understands how to play team defense. Yeah. Taco's a smart player who works hard. And I'm sorry, if that player is 7 I'm going to bet for him. In the, in the NBA, I just am. He's yeah. going to have some opportunities to get real minutes on the Celtics this year, even though he still needs more development. Well, assuming, can, uh, assuming they sign him. Oh, they, they gave him a two-way contract.
0: No, they didn't. They gave him a... Uh, um, their, their two-way contract guys right now are Waters and Struce. They gave him a... Uh, oh, what is it called? Um, it's the kind of contract... Ex- an Exhibit 10 contract. What does that mean? Uh, so an Exhibit 10 contract means that basically he is under contract through the Summer League and then all the way through training camp. Um, uh. And then if he if he attends camp and then is waived, he gets like a 50k bonus. But it also gives that the, the team first rights to sign him. Uh-huh. And if he doesn't get picked up, they get, they get first rights to the G League team. I
1: I actually think that that I actually don't mind that contract at all for Taco. I think it's it's definitely more low risk than the contract I probably would have signed him to, uh, for the Celtics. But you know what? Give him a give him a shot in training camp. There's a really good chance in training camp that he plays better than Robert
0: Williams. I'm just saying. So, um, mm, well, Robert Wimp's really good during the summer league. Uh, yeah, there's
1: a, there's a possibility though. I'm just saying in training. Well, here, camp. here's problem might...
0: with Taco fall, and I love Taco fall. Yeah. I get. <laughs> Nothing. I had more fun in Summer League watching Taco Fall dunk without jumping than I did in the entirety of last season. (laughs) And he is a huge dude. He's a good dude. Everyone loves him. But it's a little bit concerning that he was only capable of playing four to five minutes at a time in Summer League.
1: Yes, I'm not I'm not I'm not like
0: disputing that. I understand that. Definitely. Now, that being said, that being said, if I'm the Celtics, they just cut uh, Yabusele. Mm -hmm. If I'm the Celtics, I am looking at least into switching. um, What is his name? Because the Celtics can't sign. I I believe this is how Exhibit 10s work. They can't now sign him to a guaranteed contract. They can only sign him to a two-way contract. All right. Which means that in order to get him on their roster, if they want, they have to convert someone like Tremont Waters, who was fantastic during the summer league. Uh-huh. Uh, they have would have to convert Tremont Waters' two-way contract into a full contract before the start of the season to give Taco the two-way contract, which I think is kind of worth it. Um, but but yeah, the the problem with with Taco is we know his ceiling. And his ceiling is Boban. I I like kind of agree with that. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm the Celtics, if that's worth passing up on a on a guy they can take or they can sign on a contract right now, who we already know is a more than capable NBA player. I agree like, with
1: that. Just put him like, on the. Like, you just got to at least put Taco on the D League, though.
0: No, no, I agree. Assuming no other team takes him, then yeah, get him on get him on our our, our G League team. Um. Mm-hmm. But but if, if the Celtics were like, huh, who should we go with Christian Wood or Taco Fall? Like I kinda would get it <laughs> if he went with Christian Wood, you know? Yeah, I would understand. Christian Wood's still he's got potential, he's still only twenty three. Alright, so yeah. So my how many players I've done two players. All right, so, got, so let's go through these third ones quick. Yeah, so I was I was debating between a few guys here. Um so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give two honorable mentions and hopefully these guys are not uh not the guys that you were going to go with, with your third guy. All right. My two honorable mentions are Jackson Hayes, who I thought was fantastic during the uh during Summer League. Uh-huh. Um and my other who who was my other guy. Um oh. t- yeah, t- Tyler Hero. Oh, Tyler Hero was good. He was he was dirty. He was really good. Uh And Brandon Clark, I guess, cuz Brandon Clark did some stuff that I didn't know he could. I didn't know he could shoot that well. I didn't know either. Nobody knew he could shoot that well. But my guy has got to be Nikhil Alexander Walker. Mm. His summer league stats um look like identical to Kemba Walker regular season stats.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: 25 5 6 3 steals 42% shooting. Who gets buckets? Huh? This this guy um was picked number 17. He he is cousins i believe with sga uh, yes he is and this dude can can get to the basket he is super athletic he's got he's, he can dunk with either hand um which is something you see with a lot of guards that cannot dunk either hand like like most guards that can dunk like this is what made john wall such an explosive dunker back like when he was healthy so he could dunk with his left or his right and you don't see that a lot uh-huh um, this guy can dunk with either hand. He can. He, he's got good touch around the hoop. He's not a great shooter, but could get better. He hit a few threes in summer league, enough to at least show that like he's working on it. But just the raw stat line of twenty four five twenty four five six and three. Man, I can if I'm the, if I'm the Pelicans. I look. I, if I'm the Pelicans, I look at their draft. I, yeah. Let, let, let's say, let's say I'm general manager of the Pelicans. I look at our draft and I say, wow, we just got Zion, Jackson Hayes, and Nikhil Alexander Walker. That's a damn good draft. Facts. So Both I facts. was, I was impressed by him. Great touch around the basket. Uh, I think that he can definitely be a solid NBA player. Could even be like his cousin for all we know. That's um, yeah. And he's a phenomenal passer, so we'll see what happens. Yep. And for my
1: third guy, I want to actually, I wasn't originally going to go with a Brooklyn Nets play, but, you know, I got to shout out my guys. Bruh, Nick Claxton, I really like this kid. He only played a few games in the summer league, but this is someone who was actually, was invited to the draft, could have been a lottery pick, fell to 31 in the second round.
0: This Nick Claxton. The ball feels so bad for him. <laughs> Nick, can, Nick Claxton can ball.
1: Like, he can actually ball. Like, the dude, I actually love the fact that until he was an 8th grader, he was a point guard. Until he yeah. grew from 6'2 to 6'7 in his 10th grade uh, school year, he grew, he grew all those inches, and then he transitioned to a big man. So he's got footwork. He can handle the ball actually on the perimeter. He can shoot a little bit. He can, uh, he's an energy guy who can dunk, block shots. To all that stuff, Nick Claxton could be a hell of a lot more than just another energy big. Nick Claxton, there's a really good chance Nick Claxton could be better than Jared Allen.
0: Oh, I fully like, agree. Like,
1: significantly better than Jared Allen. I love Jared. Jared I put up like 13 14 the other night. He had a good summer league. It's also, funny. I just want to say that I love third year players coming back from summer league. That says so much about your character. I don't want to sound like fucking Mike Francesa or something, but if you're like, I, I was so impressed by Jalen Brown like the other year. If yeah, you've he, got when NBA back, success, yeah. go back to improve your game. That shit impresses me. But anyway, yeah, uh, Claxton is going to be damn good, I think.
0: Yeah, the, the problem with the Nets, um, and I want to talk about the Nets in a second here when we get to, uh, to, my, uh, to my surprise stat of the episode. <laughs> Haven't had one of these segments in a while. But it's funny to me that the two best centers on the Nets are getting paid, um, what, like a third of what DeAndre Jordan is getting paid Uh, yeah. So, I mean, tax, you got to pay taxes, bro. I know. So, so (laughs) I want to talk about the Nets. And this is a, this is a, this is is a little bit of a misleading stat, but I think that the message of this is important. Mm -hmm. So, last year for the Nets, eight guys had positive on-court ratings. So, these, these were the only guys on the team who the Nets were, um, who the Nets were better when they were on the court than off. Ed Davis, Travion Graham, Damari Carroll, Shabazz Napier, Jared Dudley, Alan Crabb, Rondé Hollis Jefferson, D'Angelo Russell. Those okay, were the this- only guys on the Nets that the Nets outscored their opponents when they were on the court. Every okay, other that's... player on the net, like, like Levert, Dinwiddie, Allen, they got outscored when they were on the courts. Okay, that's this fucking is,
1: that... terrifying. I'm sorry to interrupt. That's fucking
0: terrifying, but certain of those players weren't go- aren't good. No, no, I know. I know. <laughs> like, like, I'm, like, I'm not here calling Rondé good. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that one game against the Kings is, like, He's <laughs> kind of fucking maybe shifted his stats a little bit. Anyway, go back he, to your point. The, no, no, this again, this is a misleading stat. Like, if you, if you, if you look at this stat, that means that the Celtics... Uh, Marcus Smart is the best player in NBA history. Like, the Celtics are obscenely better when he's on the court. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, there is truth in this stat. Um, and... I saw this, and I, and I swear to God, I, I'm not just saying this to pick on the Nets because Kyrie's on the team. <laughs> I'm also saying this because it's a genuinely worrying, worrisome stat. Uh, but yeah, eight guys on the Nets last year had positive on-court net ratings, and all of them are off the team now. I'm worried
1: about a few of those net ratings. I'm sad. I'm really sad we don't have Jared Dudley or Ed Davis or um, Damari. I'm very sad about that. i going say those are the three biggest losses
0: in that group for them.
1: A hundred percent. Here's the thing: Travion Graham. I earlier this podcast, I supported his signing somewhat by the by the Timberwolves because he, and he can shoot and play defense. But Travion Graham was not good last year. He just wasn't. No, no, he was not He had a bad year. I was really excited about the net signing him last offseason. Travion Graham was like not good. Alan Crabb, like, was is, is a disaster eight times yeah. out of ten. Alan Crabb is one of those guys who, like, has 40% from... I don't want to shit on Alan Crabb even more than we've just shitted on his contract. Uh, this, uh, this, uh, this... Very um, guilty of that. This, this podcast show, yeah. Um, but Alan Crabb, like, shoots 40% from three, but only attempts, like, five threes a game. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's one of the most all-time misleading stats. I have no idea how... Alan Crabb, like, has, like, 40% three-point percentage from the last few years. Like, he hasn't done shit, literally, but his stats look good. It's bizarre. Anyway, yeah. and Rondé is Rondé. You, everybody knows how I feel about Rondé. You know, yep. Rondé, good luck in Toronto. That's all I got to say. I I've I drove, Why I drove Rondé one? to the airport three years ago, and he's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's... I'm sure he's having fun in Toronto right now. Anyway, um... Also, I just want to say, with Rondé gone, it feels great that the like the the stain of the Billy King regime is like officially off of the Nets. Like it's <laughs> no longer there. It's kind yeah. of incredible. Anyway, anyway, you know, um, uh, that's a depressing stat, but fuck it. I trust on Marks. I'm I'm already this way, in, I'm I'm this way. Uh, I'm this deep in at this point already. And like I said uh, before, I think we started recording. If the Nets finish dead last in attendance and like TV viewings anymore, like I quit being a basketball fan. I will obviously <laughs> support, I will obviously follow the sport. You know, we gotta. I gotta. We gotta provide for our listeners here. But if Nets fans don't do shit and just like fuck this up and, and don't give a fuck, oh, I'm done. I'm not supporting a team where the the, the borough embarrasses itself. That's all I'm saying. Anyway. Anyway. anyway
0: so. Anyway. So. I, I, I like, you know, I like to conclude with a little bit of Terry Rozier talk <laughs> today, today in Terry Rozier talk. All right. Um, <laughs> the Hornets are, were not interested in potentially re-signing Kemba Walker because they, quote, had an elite guard already in Terry Rozier, potentially. And they compared him to Kyle Lowry, Mike Conley and Russell Westbrook. Today in Terry Rozier, brought to you by <laughs> Other Side.
1: <laughs> Terry Rozier to Kyle Lowry is one of the more bizarre things of...
0: Yeah.
1: Like comparing Kyle L- Yachty.
0: Yeah, Kyle Lowry tries.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so... Uh, this is no, the Rozier I, Report. The weekly segment, the Rozier Report, brought yeah. to you by Other Side.
0: Like you said, you know, love this my,
1: motherfucking it. scores table in this bitch.
0: See, it's going to be awesome because I know Rozier is going to average like 24 points a game next year. And everyone's going to be like, yeah, look at Rozier. And I'm going to be like, he's shooting 28%. (laughs) No, I can't wait for it. He's he's taking 47 shots a game, and no one cares because it's Charlotte. He's going to be fucking screaming at Marvin Williams. (laughs) Be the goddamn ball, Marvin. Oh, God. Shots for you a game. If you you had to get – if I put the over-under on Terry Rozier – Shots per game at 19. Are you going over or under? That's the most rhetorical question I've ever heard. i going that's over. A stupid <laughs> question, Will. I love you, but that's a stupid question. Of course <laughs> it's over. He's taking like
1: 25 a game. I'm sorry. He just is.
0: If I put his assist to turnover ratio at 2 to 1, are we, are, are we taking that or are we saying it's better or
1: worse? Uh, t- let me do some quick math in my head. That means 10 assists, 5 turnovers. Uh, five turnovers a game is a lot, but I don't think he's getting ten assists a game that much. I'm I'm probably going exactly that. I think two to one is is about right.
0: Yeah. So so six assists and three turnovers, something like that. I think. Okay. Makes Even okay. though I can't completely bri- blame
1: Rozier on taking all the shots, because like seven turnovers, one assist. I'd rather Rosier take the shots than Michael K. Gilchrist. Oh, so yeah. I mean, <laughs> I just don't want Rosier taking. Malik Monk and PJ Washington need shots and Dwayne Bacon you know what I'm saying? fry up the bacon real quick on the stove um, my guy right there anyway um, uh yeah those guys need shots but you know Rozier is going to get his there's no doubt about that
0: yeah so 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 tune in next week for next week's episode of the Rozier Report I'm sorry the scores table <laughs> are you sure you don't want to have <laughs> a, a a weekly Kyrie hate meters
1: <laughs> segment on this podcast
0: all right all right just so, see my so, so, witness so, my
1: mental breakdown right, over the season
0: Out of of 10, 10 being you already want to drive Kyrie to the airport. Where do you stand?
1: Right now, I'm at a five.
0: You're at a five, okay.
1: I'm at a five because I'm so terrified of all the horrors that I've witnessed over the last season as Kyrie being a locker room killer and a questionable, uh, um, and a man of questionable health. He also, like, mm-hmm. thinks the Earth is flat, which is fucking insane. Um, I'm sorry, but um, not, not everything is a conspiracy, Kyrie. Is NASA <laughs> a conspiracy? Neil Armstrong, man. Neil Armstrong was fucking... He was blind about all this shit. Neil Armstrong, Neil Armstrong was lying. He was lying.
0: Yeah. He, like,
1: explanation for the moon? So... Does he, like, understand? <laughs> like, he's a fucking idiot. Okay, anyway. Kind of anyway. Easy, anyway. I'm at a five. I'm at a nice five. I, okay. I'm still open. I'm still giving him the chance anyway.
0: also, also <laughs> I've, been, I've been I've been on Instagram, and I've been seeing all these like players like posting tributes to their old place. like Al Horford wrote a nice one for Boston. De'Angelo Russell wrote one, a good one for uh, the Nets. Kemba wrote a whole piece for Charlotte. I'm waiting on that Kyrie Celtics one. carry <laughs> <laughs> it out right. What, what is what is that post of him being like, like, oh, like, you know, unfinished business. And like, I hope I did enough to get my number in the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> he's just oh, sitting man. thoughtfully at okay. Boston uh, Comics. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. But you know what? It's, it's funny because uh, it's funny because like, all I want to do is go to a Celtics game and boo Kyrie, but he's not going to play. Do, do you know how many games Kyrie Irving has played against the Cavaliers in Cleveland or in general? since they traded him over the last yeah, two well. years. One single one, and that was the game where where Hayward broke his leg. Oof. He just, he, he loves to sit out versus his old team, so... All right, that's some pussy shit, Kyrie. You need I'll, to get I'll off have that. To, I'll have to wait a few years before... Uh, he gets off his load management. All right. Thank you for listening uh, to this anyway. week's episode of the Scorers <laughs> Table. We'll be back next week. As we get later in the summer, I've mentioned it before, we're eventually we're going to be going over every team's offseason, what we expect for them. We'll have an episode for the East, an episode for the West. Uh, and next week, there'll be another episode of the Rogier Report. So, it yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. So, if you enjoyed, like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate all of it. Uh, it means a lot. We see, we see, we see the love, and it means a lot. So, thank you, and we'll uh, see you guys next week. See you later.